Call the wizard. Ask him a question. Call the wizard. What's on your mind? Call the wizard hotline. Call the wizard. Any old time. Call the wizard. What do you want to know? Call the wizard hotline now. Holy smokes, folks. Welcome to the second ever installment of the wizard hotline. And one of the big themes on this podcast is slightly better. If you're a frequent listener, you've heard me talk about this idea before. The whole goal of this ritual is to move all of our realities in a slightly better direction. And sometimes, I don't know, I wake up, I look around at the world, and I go, is this really slightly better? And it's, uh, it's hard to convince myself. But then there's times when I'm going to record a podcast, like this podcast right now. And in the very last episode... When we did a wizard hotline, the last time we did a wizard hotline, I asked offhand if someone wanted to send in a wizard hotline theme song. And now here we are, months later, and this reality feels so much slightly better with that amazing wizard hotline intro track by Lunchbox, old friend, old dear friend of the wizard, Lunchbox, and you can find his music on Spotify. He reached out, he sent me that track, and it was just hot fire, straight into my eardrums, through me, onto you. And now we're in our second ever episode of the Wizard Hotline. And I gotta say, friends, I'm glad to be here with you. This has been a weird year. We've gone through a pandemic, all kinds of political hijinks, uh, reckoning long overdue with racial justice. But I think for me personally, I'm just so grateful to have had this outlet, this microphone connecting us into this time and space banning portal where we could come together and we could create the real magic of human connection. So I'd like to thank all of you who are listening to this podcast whenever, wherever you are. And right now is a special time in this podcast annual cycle because we are about to approach November 30th, which is the anniversary of my original ritual to become a wizard and also the launch date for this podcast in 2019. So that makes it our two-year anniversary. And if I, as your humble wizard host, could ask for anything in the world, I would love for all of you to give me a call at 860 860- 415-6009 and leave a message. It can be a question. It can be a, hey, this is blah, 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 calling in. The end. No pressure. You don't have to ask anything or say anything crazy. Um, or you could tell me how you found the podcast or a time when the podcast really connected with you. Because what I want more than anything is to weave all of our stories together so that this podcast can continue to go in that slightly better direction by becoming more inclusive. I know that I'm our pilot sitting in the hot seat talking into this microphone, but I'm just one wizard. And I think this podcast really becomes something else, something more like a ritual. When we all come together, when we share our stories, when we let our voices be heard, and we find that magic in community. So that number, once again, is 860-415-6009. And so yeah, please call, leave a message, and if you do, I've got a very special treat for anyone who leaves a message and includes speaking legibly. 
their address at the end of it. I won't put that in the podcast episode, but I will mail you a special wizard gift. So if I have not made this enticing enough already, let me just break it down for you. Please call 860-415-6009. I am lonely because it's been a pandemic. I haven't been able to do events. It will mean a lot for me to hear from you. I will use it to make magic to help us grow this ritual in a more inclusive communal way. And I will freaking mail you a gift. So once again, 860-415-6009. Call the wizard. You heard the jingle. It's going to be stuck in your head. Ring me up. Leave a message. And I'm going to be stitching those together into a magical sound collage for our very special anniversary episode. So let's keep this portal open. Let's keep the dialogue going back and forth because we have a lot of turbulence on the road ahead. I know that everyone has been really, really feeling the the vibes this year in a big way. It's been a doozy and it's just going to get bumpier. There's no, that's the only thing I can tell you as a wizard looking in my crystal ball. This next decade is, whoo boy, oof, it's just that times a thousand. And the only way we're going to get through is by coming together. Let's come together. Give me a call, 860-415-6009. We're spanning time. We're spanning space. We're making this happen. You're on the wizard hotline. Let's hear some calls. What's up, Devin? Kenrick here. Was listening to a couple of your things. Your podcast. A couple of things. Funny. Um, yeah, I had a thought about the whole podcast thing and the whole, uh, oh my God, I completely lost the point I was going at. Oh yeah, the talking to each other thing. Yeah. Yeah, like I totally just screwed it, like, like what just happened back there, where past Kenrick totally screwed over future Kenrick. And made him look like an idiot by not writing things down or getting his thoughts organized. When you have conversations to yourself, do you ever have really delayed ones? Like past you gets really like blackout drunk and then writes a letter to future you and it's a lot of belligerent stuff and they hide things like half a blunt that you're going to smoke later and then past you so fucking blazed on the first half that you put it someplace and you you just can't find it. Do you ever have those really long-term wizard conversations between past self and future self? And is your past self kind of an asshole? Because mine sure is. Later, brother. Thank you, Kenrick's past self, and welcome Kenrick's future self, who's now listening to this episode and reflecting on his past self, who called on June 13th at 3.10 p.m., and I hope you're enjoying this conversation that you're having with yourself across space and time, and don't worry about feeling like too much of an asshole. That was a great call and a great question. I love the idea of talking to myself across time. 
I think that's one of the core aspects of my ritual. Everything that I do as a wizard takes place inside of the circle that I drew six years ago uh, with the idea of then me reaching out to future me and asking for some wizardly guidance so I could begin walking this path. And I don't think I've ever tried to hide a blunt from myself or really like play pranks on myself as past me, aside from the big prank of, you know, setting myself up to do something that then in the moment I'm like, oh my God, who agreed to this? Oh, me? Okay, great. I have to do it. So I think those are the two angles. There's the past version of myself and I experience that myself as the present. Like I make a plan in a moment that eventually I move out of that moment, it's in my rear view, and then suddenly I'm there in the future left holding the bag, and rear view me is like, <laughs> enjoy. And honestly, that's the only way I've learned how to get stuff done is, you know, past me signs up uh, a venue to do a performance, and then future me is there going, well, I don't want to look like an asshole, so I better, <laughs> I better get something together for this. But future me is the one that I think is more wily. Because past me doesn't have omniscience around future me. Future me generally, as long as it can remember, knows what I did in the past. And so when I'm trying to anticipate future me, that's where I'm trying to feel the vibe out in the moment where I'm like, okay, so I'm struggling right now with this thing. I got to get this task done and I just don't know which way's up and how to get through it. But there's a me tomorrow that's gotten it done. And if that me tomorrow could talk to me right now, what would they say? And they wouldn't want to give away the secret because that's, you know, then you got a tautological loop. Then, you know, it's like your time travel problem. If you, if you invent time travel by your future self comes back with a time machine, like it's a whole mess of paradoxes. So I generally get more like vibes from that future me. I get the impression that, hey, what you're about to go through, it's going to be a little bit tough, but persevere, trust your instincts, and I'm waiting for you on the other side. And then I think what's really fun is sharing space with our different selves in time. Uh, we live in houses or apartments or wherever it might be, and all day long, we're tracing routes around the space, around our neighborhood, the places that we drive, the grocery store. We're overlapping those routes again and again and again. And most of that is mundane. Most of that is just the uh, family circle comic that is our daily routines. But going someplace special where you had a very important experience, you can close your eyes and you can really kind of just tune in to that memory and that physical presence of both of you being there at the same time, of the footsteps moving forward and the footsteps moving back. And I think that's a great opportunity for connection. So maybe, Kenrick, what you want to do is uh, go out in the woods, smoke half a blunt, hide it in a tree, and then come back in the future and you can finish uh, the blunt with yourself. Sound good? I'll see you there. Hello. Not many people are going to take magic as seriously as a professional wizard, but those people exist and must have always existed around us, just like the professional wizards that have been interviewed on this podcast. What I want to know is how can an apprentice wizard 
find an expert wizard in the year 2020 to apprentice under and accelerate their magical learning. Okay, before I get to your question, I got a bone to pick with you. As a professional wizard, I can assure you, I do not take magic seriously. As a professional wizard, I think that seriousness is the death of magic. There's plenty to be said in terms of rigor and tradition and discipline and these sorts of ideas, but seriousness, please, Uh uh-uh. So I'm going to give you a very silly answer with a little bit of seriousness sprinkled on top. Um, How can an apprentice wizard find an expert? You are asking the wrong wizard. I'm the wizard that declared myself to be so with absolutely no training, with absolutely no guidance. I'm the four-year-old in the fireworks store, so I got no idea on that. I have never found a magical community that I couldn't immediately feel weirded out by and see myself out. Um, I love my friends in the magical community. There's so many great people. But I tell you what, it takes a lot of work to find the people that you resonate with, just as friends, just as peers. Um, Just because you share an interest, it doesn't always mean that you and every other model train collector is going to get it on. Um, And it doesn't mean that if someone is more advanced in their knowledge, that that's going to be a person that you want to spend time with and you want to absorb that knowledge from. So I have no idea. Um, If you want to become a wizard apprentice in this day and age, the best thing you could probably do is fly yourself to New Zealand and talk to the wizard of New Zealand, who I know has a an apprentice wizard, my friend Ari, and there's a few other wizards down there as well. And we actually have a podcast episode coming up with both uh, the Wizard of New Zealand and his apprentice Ari in a couple of weeks. But um, they're, I think, actively taking apprentices if you want to go apply and reach out. But in other aspects of this, um, I think you got to just use your own luck and magic. It's really a pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. It's, it's stepping into a paradox. It's embracing the contradiction inherent in that. The impossibility is how you get off the ground. So I think uh, the only really way, surefire, foolproof way to, to find an expert wizard to be their apprentice is to uh, stumble into them backwards when you're having the worst day of your life. Another question I have would be, what are some resources for an apprentice wizard that exist in the year 2020, online or otherwise? Are there any serious magical communities out there? There are many serious magical communities out there, and that is my main problem with most of those communities. Magic on the internet is weird because you don't get a whole view of a person. When you know somebody and you know them uh, socially and you know them in a, you have a larger view than just this one tiny window of how they wanna present themselves, you can really understand the role of that person's magic in their life. Um, what it's doing for them, how they interact with others, are they kind, all of these sorts of things that I think are very important and shouldn't be lost in the pursuit of magical knowledge and uh, street cred or internet cred. But when you're online, anyone can claim the most impossible thing 
with no one in a magical community really willing to like step out and check them. If your friend starts telling you that he is channeling um, ancient Atlantean magicians who are giving him the secret teachings of all ages, you can say, cool, let's talk about that and how is that helping you and what's going on and what are you learning and you can get a feel for like does this person seem like they're getting good information or is this person having a mental health episode that is um, not serving them and anyone they know well at all but when you're online and you're with a serious magical community it's a lot of wand measuring in my experience and it's a lot of people really trying to throw things out there without creating a human connection first to prove their magical prowess so sorry to be a buzzkill there's a lot of great magic communities if you can find them the same way that if you move to a new city it takes some time to find the communities that you like the people that you think are interesting and worthwhile and trustworthy and um, all of the things that you might value in a group of people so serious magical communities tend to be very serious I'm a goofball wizard. That's why I am more likely to uh, find friends and find mentors where I can rather than seeking out explicitly magical ones to just give me the full download of their life experience. Um, Like the one mentor I have right now is a Franciscan friar um, who runs a community garden and he would not call himself a wizard, but I, I see the magic within him and uh, have a lot to learn from him. So I think all I can say is best of your luck on your journey. And you got to take that initial leap of faith to trust in your magic and luck to attract the communities and the experts that you need. And I just realized that I didn't answer your question about resources at all. Um there's too many resources. There's a bajillion books about magic. There's infinite online forums discussing everything you want to know. I think the real question is to figure out what vibes with you. So in that regard, I'd say start with an altar and make it empty and think about what uh, that emptiness represents. And then slowly, slowly, not all at once, slowly, accumulate different things on your altar find the uh the books on Taoist philosophy that really open up something and you like to keep in your pocket for months on end as you read them over and over or maybe it's a superhero comic or maybe it's a locket that your grandmother gave you or maybe it's a trading card you found on the ground just let that magic accumulate around you and uh there will be always an infinite bookshelf uh available for specific books in every direction i mean if you want to talk about kindle and stuff like oh my god it's endless you know you could find like a thousand books on the enochian keys like that so i think it's um it's less about finding water in a drought and more about staying afloat in a flood hi Devin. um my name's vicky i'm a avid listener of this podcast is a ritual and the first um, episode that I listened to of yours was the one about how to build character. And that one just made me absolutely bawl. Um, I was driving home one time. Um, I, at the time, lived about two hours away from my parents. And my mom had just been diagnosed with dementia early onset about two months beforehand. Um, it was at the beginning of COVID, and so she hasn't been able to get tested or very much treatment because she hasn't been able to go see doctors in person 
and it's been a really hard time. Um, and I don't know, something about that episode just really resonated with me. And I've been listening to you ever since. I actually discovered your podcast because of Martin, who you might know. Um, I literally put out a Facebook post saying, recommend the podcast for me, and yours was recommended to me by Martin. Um, so I'm really glad to be calling you and talking to you, um, you know, indirectly because I'm leaving you a message, but still. My question to you is, how did you get through, or how are you getting through your situation with your mom? And I, I wanted to express, of course, my absolute just sorrow at hearing what happened to your mom as well. Um, life is crazy, and it, it deals us some some really difficult times, you know? I'm pretty young. I'm 20 years old, and this is something that I never thought I'd be going through at this time in my life. But here I am doing it, and... I don't know. I would like some kind of help with that, <laughs> some kind of suggestion from you on how to get through something just so absolutely heartbreaking that this is. I know this is probably a bit personal, and this is probably a long message, so that's all I really have to ask you, and I really hope to hear your answer on this podcast as a ritual. Um, again, I'm really sorry for you and for myself. But also, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to listen to your podcast. It really helped me through some of the hardest times in my life, including the obvious one that I told you about. Um, so thank you for making your podcast. And, yeah, I look forward to your answer. Bye. Vicky, thank you so much for calling. I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast. I'm so glad that it was helpful to you and I am so appreciative for you letting me know that it was helpful for you because it is a weird medium podcasting. I often feel like I'm screaming into a void and it really makes a difference in my day when I hear from someone who it's resonated with, who was nodding on the other end and, um, you know, that's why I try and be transparent and share my own human experiences. That's why my name is Devin Person. I'm a person just like everybody else. And it, it, being a person is hard. Um, for those who had not heard that episode of How to Build Character, the quick catch up is that uh, my I found out that my mom had terminal cancer the same day I found out that Trump was our new president uh, in 2016. Uh, my mom fought cancer for seven months and then she did pass away. And that's not easy, but I think we're very conditioned to just scream bad, no, and like don't at like these crucial human events. Our culture is very afraid of the power of these sorts of events. And there's another perspective that is powerful and different and life-affirming, even when we're facing really hard stuff. Uh, but before I get into that, I just want to say, Vicky, that my heart goes out to you because early onset dementia is awful. It's really hard to not just have a, a you know, a, a tragedy, but a moment to say goodbye and instead have that goodbye extend out and watching somebody who you love change in those ways um, I'm dealing with some of that not early but I'm dealing with some of that with my grandmother right now and it's not fun it's not easy it's really hard to 
try and care for a person who is becoming not the person that you knew them to be. But I think what got me through things with my mom, and I hope can be words of counsel to you right now, is it's about perspective. You zoom out on every single person that you meet and their life starts with being born and at some point will end with them dying. We are all bound into this agreement, except for perhaps Jeff Bezos, who will live the infinite hell of merging with the singularity. But for the rest of us, um, that that finite point is out there waiting, whether that is set and predestined or it's just a flailing possibility that becomes more and more likely over time. Um, it's out there. And we don't get to see that arc for ourselves because we're in the driver's seat. It's first person. We're living it. But with the people that we love and that we care for, we get to accompany them on a very important part of their arc, of their journey through space and time and existence. And sometimes we overlap with the end of that arc. And it sucks to feel like you don't get more time with that person. It especially sucks when you're young and you feel like it came early and it came unfairly and you weren't done and you wanted to have more time and more experiences and more memories with that person. But the other thing it gives you is a perspective that you can look back and you can see the way that that person's life came together. You can have some sense of how it was coming together on its own, but you have a much more immediate sense of how it came together in relationship to you. And especially with a parent, that's huge. And so it's the thought that's coming to my mind is it's a song. A person's life is a beautiful song that you now get to have stuck in your head. And maybe the physical copy, maybe the record that you had of that song is damaged and it's not playing the same as it used to and it's falling apart and it's going to be gone. But that song is still in your head. That person's spirit still exists in your being and your memories of them. And that song will change a little bit. You're not going to hold on to everything the same way that you would if you could hold on to them physically. But your memory of them is going to carry on with you. And the best parts of that person are going to be what you think about when you're struggling, when you need them, when you need their wisdom and guidance. And so I still find myself on a regular basis checking in with the memory of my mom and just telling her about what's going on in my life. And the I, I moved. I wish she could walk around my new neighborhood with me. I wish she could meet my partner who she never got to meet. You know, there's all of these things that I want to share and I can share them with the memory I have of her and that ongoing conversation that continues. And I, I, I have found a lot of solace and hope and beauty and joy in that. Um, but the goal here is not to, uh, be like the teenager who's trying to cover the taste of, of vodka with Kool-Aid. Um, we need the, the sweet and the intensity in equal measure and, just being with that sadness and being with the, the hardness of it and appreciating, like I said in that other episode, that this is the, the moments of our life that really forge us. Um, uh, you know, we're always changing and evolving, but it's hard to tell 
um, after you know binging eight hours of Game of Thrones, like how much we grew as a person in that eight hour time period. But spending time with a loved one who's going through um, the end of their life, that shows you who they were and that shows you who are and that's powerful magic. Hi, I have a question for the wizard. So I've heard you talk a lot about the wizard archetype and what that means in our lives and the narrative structure of our reality that we're, we're creating. But I'm wondering, are there other archetypes to go along with the wizard? Does the wizard archetype have an ideal partner and maybe more um, something I'm interested in? Does the wizard archetype have an enemy? Is there something the wizard archetype doesn't get along with or should look out for? Um, and that's my question. Thank you. Great question. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yes, the wizard archetype does have a partner. It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately because I'm working on a book on this subject. But the archetypal partner of the wizard, in my thinking, is the gnome. I mean, look at them. You know, the archetypal version, it's got a pointed cap, long beard. Uh, both have a playful, carefree attitude, at least in my reckoning. And I think there's a lot of humor and joy and magic in the natural world, uh, mischievousness, um, you know, probably loves a good pipe weed, loves to tinker around with things. Yeah, I think in, in my cosmology, I think these are two sides of one coin that transcend realms and in our physical realm the wizard is the human embodiment of this energy and then in the more abstract spiritual imaginal realm of make-believe the gnome is just one step beyond wizard it's like you cross that threshold and you get a little bit more out there you get into a fantastic creature like the gnome but you know we're working in harmony we're we're crossing back and forth like uh Tijuana into San Diego, you know, or Juarez into El Paso, one of those border cities, you know, it's like we're like twin cities, wizards and gnomes. And uh, I think it's a great complementary energy. The other partner of the wizard archetype, I would be remiss and in deep trouble if I did not mention, uh, my beautiful fiance is a poet. And so we together, she's my literal partner, are the poet and the wizard. And Ooh, I have seen some magic in the way that poetry can bring emotions and ideas to life. And a lot of what my partner did as a poet um, is with her company, Ars Poetica, arspoetica.us, where they did poetry at events before pandemic made that less frequent, but that was constant and writing a poem for someone and handing it over and watching them like cry because you wrote a poem about their dog it's amazing there is real magic there and i think wizards and poets both play with language there's an abstraction there there's a surrealist kind of vibe so i'd say poets and gnomes make great wizard partners uh, that's a that's a happy family right there poet wizard as many gnomes as you can fit now, what's the anti-wizard archetype? And I had a couple of thoughts about this, but now that I'm saying it out loud, I know exactly where I'm going. And I'm going to use a word made popular in the novel Catcher in the Rye, phony. I think the phony is the archetype that gets under my skin the most. 
as like the the antithesis of what I value as a wizard. And when I say phony, I hate getting into this like holier, freer, more open-minded and more magical than thou kind of attitude. But you do meet people in this world who are fake, who are not being their authentic self. And you can see the level of like calculation or restraint happening behind their eyes. And they're not willing to just be real with you. Um, It's this persona that you're dealing with that's disconnected and it's uh it's always unfortunate you know it sucks that we have to work these working um minimum wage jobs and mcdonald's and these sorts of corporations that are so meticulous in structuring what you do but dealing with someone in one of those positions when you need a favor when you're like hey can I just have a cup? And they're like, I'm sorry, I have to charge you 15 cents for a cup. And you're like, oh my God, just do me a solid. I don't have any change on me. Just like, I need that cup. And they're like, I have to charge you 15 cents. And it's like dealing with a robot. I feel so bad for that person in that moment. And if I could have any magic power, I would love to be able to just offer them a moment of realization that there's another way to be. And that's what I try to do. That's, you know, as, as, a, as a wizard on the subway, I, I saw a lot of people that wanted to sit down and have a conversation and were so curious and open to it. And a lot of people who edited me out of their reality. They're like, too weird, not dealing with it. Boop. And I'm also picking phony because I think we've lost an element of our, our culture, the punk rock energy that used to say, uh, it's bad to sell out. It's like not a great thing to go beyond MTV and become the rock star. That's not what everyone should want. And influencer is the other word. That's It's not an archetype. I'm not going to give it that credit. But influencer and the idea that we should all just aspire to let some brand use our human energy to market to our friends and fans and acquaintances is blah, yucky, 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 yucky. So I will be broke forever. <laughs> I will be a poor wizard in tattered robes uh, before I ever want to bend the magic and influence that I've I've earned through goodwill um, to try and sell you guys a, a, a free watch or some nonsense like that. So, um, yeah, I think phonies, man, it's just such a bummer when you see someone and they feel like trapped and you're like, how do I help you step out? Yes. But poets and gnomes, on the other hand, Mwah. ooh la la. Devin, this is Dan, and I have a pretty simple question, I think. What do you do with synchronicities? Do you try to follow them? Do you try to get them to happen more often? Um Give me some advice on how to deal with it. Thanks. Synchronicities are so freaking cool and so weird and so hard to wrap your mind around. And this is a question that as a wizard, I get asked not infrequently. You know, it's often somebody who's not like super deep in the magical world will reach out and say like, hey, I had these like three crazy synchronicities. Like, what does it mean? And... I think synchronicities are kind of like flowers. Like, what does a flower mean? I, I, I don't know. Like, probably like nothing. I, like, it's, it's a plant 
trying to mate. <laughs> it's doing its thing. Uh, it's some other process, but it looks really cool. And if I'm going to walk down a path that has flowers, that's a lot more nice and fun and enjoyable than walking down uh, the side of a highway <laughs> and there's no flowers and there's just like concrete and rusted beer cans. So what I'm trying to say here is that when you're experiencing a lot of synchronicities, I think it means you're on the right path, but you still should follow the path that you feel like you're walking on. Like, don't get lost in the bushes. It's good to stop and smell the flowers. It's awesome to appreciate these things. And I think that's a really important part of magic when you feel like you're waking up to all of these random coincidences or meaningful events. It could be either or. You're comfortable with the paradox, but they're firing off all around you. And there's that initial desire that you have to like, got to catch them all, got to put them in a bag, got to write them down and like make a chart and like figure it out and like do the map. And like, you're going to look like that meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny with the, the pin board and the conspiracy and all the yarn everywhere. And I've, I've rarely found like any value in trying to crack the synchronicity code. Like, you know, oh, I, I heard that Blondie song on Tuesday and then on Wednesday, my friend was eating a... Uh, a, a blondie brownie and so da, 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 like I should go back to grad school um, I think it's more enjoying them it's like it's so cool you're walking down this path you're smelling the synchronicities Mwah. it's such a beautiful experience to be alive and to see the way that we try and impose order on events and it squirms away and it leaves a, a beautiful trail of fascinating patterns in its wake. And friends, with that, we have completed our second ever installment of The Wizard Hotline. I'm your wizard, Devin Person. Our amazing jingle is by Lunchbox. You can find his music on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Music, on Yahoo Tunes or whatever it's called. Uh, just, you know, use the internet. You're... you're Digital natives, you got this. And please, once again, call 860-415-6009 to leave a question for a future episode or just leave a message for our anniversary and you'll make my day and I will send you something in the mail that's very cool if you leave your address. And I won't put your address on blast on the podcast because I'm not that kind of wizard. So thank you for listening. All of you, I believe in you so much. We have really had a heck of a year but that's the crucible that we are formed in and we are blazing ahead onwards and upwards thank you for listening your magic is fucking real let's hear that theme song one more time because it's so damn catchy call the wizard ask him a question call the wizard what's on your mind call the wizard hotline Call the wizard any old time. Call the wizard. What do you want to know? Call the wizard hotline now.